episode of the of the Crash Course podcast. That's what? Right. What? That's a big number. Yeah, we've it's been, a, no, it's this is it's our not that big. This is our last podcast well, before we hit our one on year what scale. The human mind can easily comprehend between a hundred and a thousand. Like that's our limit, but probably not in the mind of who's saying that's a big number. That that person. Who is that? So guy? you probably. Does he have a it's name? Steve. Who is His that? His name guy? is Steve. No, that was, I don't know who that was. That, it's Steve. That was some loafer. Sounds like that sounds like someone named Rupert. No, it was just a loafer. No, who crept first in of here all, and started speaking. Rupert, that's that's racist or what? bigoted towards Rupert's out there. So yes, we're at the, the last problem. episode of our first year. We hit season one finale. Sort of yes. I'm we're gonna actually going to. I'm going to make it. Thick. Shut up, John. Nope. <laughs> We're doing something special this week. We're going to just have a topic. No album review this week. We're going to get into an, uh, a new rotation of album reviews starting with Steve next week. Pure discussion today. Um, but so if first, you like that part of the podcast, you'll enjoy this one. So before we get on to the main discussion, though, um, for the first time in a while, I actually started listening to a new band I haven't heard before. Um, Tegan and Sarah, a sister lesbian duo. They're not lesbians with each other. They're sisters. That's why I said sister lesbian duo. You could have just said sisters. Their sexual orientation doesn't come into play. Actually, it does, because they do a lot of songs that reference that, as far as I can tell. Welcome to your segue. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't own, I don't own a segue. I teed it up. Good. Right they are... As I pull my collar, indie? which you oh, can't see. God, stop describing that. You don't have a collar. It's a t-shirt. A collar this is, is a something collar. that actually no, comes called, out of the never shirt. Mind. He has a chain. It has a key on it. What, it what's does. that for? The key to Do you really want to get into this? It's some girly no, thing. Probably not. It's a girly Sounds thing. Sounds really lame. Yes, because love is lame. Like I said, it's girly. There you go. Yep. Anyway. Um, we so have to belittle you. It's... Man has a girlfriend. Yeah, I do. How do you feel about that? Wasn't it a lot simpler? I don't know. I'm okay with it. Just out of curiosity, like from, from a man's perspective, wasn't it simpler when girls just had cooties? It was a lot simpler. You just, like, that was it. Yeah. That was it. You, you know. But yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the song by Tegan and Sarah that I've been listening to a lot and has gotten stuck in my head is a song called Closer from their new record which came out last year. What type of music do they make? It's indie, but I mean, this song was actually kind of more dancey, kind of a, a more pop track. It was a lot of fun. It was a catchy song. So it's pop indie in this song. Yes. Um, okay. I haven't listened to a lot of their other stuff. Uh, Sarah's played me... I mean, some of their stuff leans more towards folk that Sarah's played for me. So, I mean... I haven't listened to their whole discography yet, but I'm going to definitely at least get my hands on the new album and check that out first. And then go probably go back from there. I think they have three records, maybe? Question mark. Um, besides that, I've been kind of on a dance kick. I made a dance mix on Spotify. I put a couple of the new tracks from uh, Daft Punk on there. I threw a couple songs from Macklemore on there. You made a dance mix? Yeah. Wow. Something upbeat. I've never made a dance mix before. Not that I I, I, I don't enjoy it. But I, I did it because I never thought to do I, it. I did it because I mean Spotify is actually a wonderful tool if you have the paid version on your phone because you can create playlists on the computer 
download them to your phone on a Wi-Fi so it doesn't cost data, and then just uh, play it from your phone and you don't have to stream it. And um, I don't know. I wanted something upbeat to listen to. It, well, you know what it was? The first nice day we had last week where it was just cool enough that you didn't need the AC and you could just have the windows down. I wanted a mix that I could blast that was kind of upbeat while driving with the windows rolled down. You know what is my equivalent with that? Uh, the Kings of Diggin compilation by, well, compiled by I remember you D- told me about DJ it. Morrow yeah. and uh, Connor Namir. Though, uh, great DJs, they... they they're record surfers. They go find things in basements right. that haven't been turned in yet. And uh, most of it was awesome funk from like the late 70s. You played it for it, me, it I is, remember. It is my favorite, most upbeat dancing soundtrack, probably. My favorite playing loud on television. Bless you. I stepped away from the microphone to try and sneeze, not, not in your ears. Playing loud on radio with the windows rolled down and the sunroof open is gotta be Kurt Wagner's compilation album all of his greatest hits huh ride of the valkyries is easily the greatest song to drive to of all time i mean i'm not opposing but of all the things this is when you whip out the classical i think john's just being arbitrary no that's not true i love listening to classical when driving because classical is a great background music when driving oh Sure. And right. when you're listening to Ride of the Did Valkyries, you say Kurt Wagner. Yeah, no, it's not Kurt. No, it's, <laughs> I think you want to you want to say Kurt Vonnegut. No, it's Richard Wagner. Yeah, Richard Wagner. Richard Wagner. I thought it was Wagner. Wagner. It's Wagner. It is Wagner. Well, in German, Richard it's Wagner. Wagner. Kurt German. Wagner, I believe, is Nightcrawler. Kurt Wagner, yes, is actually Nightcrawler's real name. Wow, this yes. is just a fail session. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It started with Matt. That's totally the name of, if we ever put out a book, the three of us, like as a, a Crash Chords book, it'll be called The Fail Sessions. I like that. And under <laughs> That's side, a great idea. Bob. And at the bottom, we would have Ellipsis Shore. Yes. Uh, I like it. For all those times we berate each other for being smarter than each other. I'm smarter than both of you put together. Yeah, right. In certain aspects. I, I would love to see you prove that. I've at, I, I wouldn't love to see him Dude, prove that. Dude, I understand mathematical concepts, and I'm explaining to you though. And none of that is week. helpful here. No, but I explain stuff like that to you every day. Well, he didn't week. say smarter at music. He just I said, said specific smarter areas. Music. Specific areas. All right, physics and that. math, yes. I rock your worlds. Sometimes literally. With my physics. <sighs> I can I, I can, I can rival you, though. In concept. Okay. Is this a cricket time? Really? You're going to cricket me for that? Yep. <laughs> well, technically you'd be cricketing you if you did that, but I, I think know. we're overdoing it now. Although it's a running gag, and I love running gags. I'm going to have to now. I love running gags. Anyway, uh, so our top, our giant topic that we've actually been talking about for weeks, kind of off the air, is we've kind of wanted to have a music versus art or music as art conversation. And we've dabbled in it in the past, but it's kind of like... Often a, we've dabbled in the it's past. It's a huge topic. And so John has kind of a specific My point. topic. John has a specific point that he kind of wanted to start with, and then we'll see where it goes from there. We don't really have... kind. Of, we, we have an outline. We're starting. Here's this. Here's the concept. I proposed this several weeks ago. And the idea is... Is music allowed to be more deviant and disassociative in its style than other forms of art? Are people, specifically the critical element, more accepting of difference in music than other art forms? Are experimentations more welcome in music? That was the real core concept of what I was going for. And I will 
start myself by saying I disagree. Completely. I'm kind of in the middle somewhere now. <laughs> Matt was all like, oh, I thought this argument was just going to be Jones wrong. And then I started pulling out points before we started doing this. I believe that music right. as a whole, maybe not in every aspect, but as a whole, it definitely leans towards being allowed to be deviant. I might have said that years in the past, maybe, but I feel like now in the modern era, it's less so. And that uh, other art forms other art forms are given a lot more leeway as well. Uh, it's just the opposite as well. I mean, music itself was uh, beholden to certain standards. Look at uh, the sonata. If you made a sonata, you had a formula to make music. But even that, that you're, t- you're looking at like 120 years ago here. Like, even within the boundaries of the 20th century, even the early 20th century, they were doing pretty crazy things with that form. Um, I know. Even if you step outside of that form, I think it, more forms themselves were being created around that time. So I'd say even as of the early 20th century, music was starting to get pretty... Wow, this is proving your point, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Dang, how did you do that, man? But also, to John's point <laughs> also, and it's kind of like, I feel like at this modern age, music has never been better, and also, and and also never been worse at the same time. Uh, it's never been this good or this bad. It's so far on both I ways. I will agree with that, because yeah. some of the the bad music out today probably would never have even gained uh, Any traction. Any momentum. In a in hundred years But ago. also some of the really awesome stuff would have been completely overlooked because it wasn't sellable back then as no, well. No, it also... Like in the 80s. The, some of the really it, awesome stuff would not have been makeable. Yes. Some of the really awesome things are so digitalized that it's you, you couldn't have made it, you know, in the 50s. It's not even a Madger... Madger? Uh, madger? <laughs> it's, uh, Is that like a Badger? Madger, 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 Mushroom. Mushroom. It's... Flip, he's doing a thing with words. He said a badger. He's doing a thing. I got it. That's why I put B. I got it. It's bushroom. He's doing a thing. Yeah, he's always doing a thing with a B. In any case, it's not a matter of digitization. It's a matter of instruments as well. It's a matter of just electrification. Uh, We did start to say this last week. Uh, The birth of rock and roll. That just that's a whole new area of sound, and it's also more focused around youth and having fun and virility around that time, as opposed to the more straight laced kind of music you might get in the classical era i mean but also with yes absolutely yeah. but also kind of bringing it back to art which is where the conversation going although it seems like we're going to agree with john a lot quicker than we intended to <laughs> um well we're going to get on all but, the forms but, of art but yeah. when, it, when it comes to art specifically just using the term art my problem with my problem with creating music as an art form versus is that sometimes they ignore the musicality to make it art. The best example of that we always go back to is Flying Lotus. Some of those songs felt like pieces of art, but they were terrible to listen to. And does that does that mean that it shouldn't exist because it's one way and not the other? Or does it just mean that personal tastes apply at that point? I just... I, I personally... I'll, I'll put it on me first. I personally can't stand music that's just art for art's sake because I need to be able to actually enjoy and get something from it, too. I agree with that. And we're going to go back... And the best and, kind is the kind that offers both. Well, we're going to discuss art first and foremost. This is going to be the basis of our definition of art. Art is something created to evoke emotions. That's our foundation. That's how we define art. Or evoke an idea. I don't... I want to amend that. It's something... It's something observed that invokes emotion because there are plenty of pieces of art 
that aren't necessarily created. Like when we talked about nature's beauty and how some of that can be considered artwork. I mean, I guess it's still created. Well, let's go back to, considering we were talking about techno last week, uh, a lot of techno is used for dance halls these days. At that point, you're not talking about evoking emotion, really. You're, you're talking about just music you can dance to. That's functional. Yes, you might feel something, but it's almost abstract. The, the, the more important thing than you sitting in a chair and, and focusing and feeling emotionally in, involved or invested, more important than that is the fact that you're on the dance floor and you can actually move to it. But then the things for that genre. But then the things you're doing on the dance floor itself could be considered art because that's a performance that might make someone feel something. That's that's another thing though. That's a separate thing, and that is it is uh, kind of tethered to the music. Yeah, end. but that's what I'm saying. It's but kind of the like music connected. end doesn't require that there's a, a great dance being done to it. No, but uh, dance music that truly works in getting people dancing is making them emotionally receptive to moving, to bouncing, to feeling that fun, free nature associated with a dance hall, a dance club. Fair enough, but that's just, that's a very rigid kind of emotion. It's a specific emotion. Actually, it's not emotion, it's just motion. When I dance, if I dance in the privacy of my own home when nobody's looking because I'm a terrible dancer... He dances with himself. Oh. (laughs) Yes. Um... When I groove, it's because I'm feeling upbeat. It's because I'm feeling fun, and I'm actually shaking back and forth to accent my point. It, it's it's because I'm feeling something and Certain want to express it. kinds of dance, yes, but there's others that I think is just... I, I don't think it requires that emotional investment. I think it's more of just a tool to get people going in a hall. No, but, but, but it's evoking. That's, no, that's but, but... We're splitting but, hairs at this point, but it's evoking emotions. Because even if you're just having fun, that's still... Enjoyment is an emotion. Fair enough. It's an emotional state. But I still still consider that a functional form of art. The kind that has to fulfill a certain thing. But it can be both. If it's not catchy, then it doesn't fulfill it. And And therefore, it's not good dance music. Here is my first argument to why I feel music is, is, is wider in the critical scape. Music is both functional... And artistic, and can exist simultaneously. And other forms of artwork don't have that adaptability to the same extent that music does. Incorrect. That's exactly where I would disagree with you. Yeah, we just had a conversation off the air about no. how comedy is both functional no, I'm and saying, arti- artistic. I'm saying music can go the full gauntlet. It can be pure functional. It can be pure art. It can be both simultaneously. And other forms of art lean towards one or the other and cannot hit the same extremes music can. Ah, uh, I still gotta disagree. I think even visual art can can cross both lines. Well, some type, we'll, we'll get into some specifics. Like, I consider, I mean, architecture and food are two very functional forms of artwork. Yes, you either, you're either gonna eat it or you're not, uh... And it's either going to fill you or it's not. And it's either going to make you sick or not. I mean, it has to fit yeah. this criteria. Architecture has to be sound, has to be safe. It has, has to be to... practical. Like, there's engineering there's all... things that go into account. Exactly. There's always a practicality element. It could be a beautiful building, but if it's going to fall down in a week, it's not very good. And this applies architectural as a large three-dimensional piece of art. 
still has to be able to withstand because of the size that architectural is associated with. It has to stand up to the rigors of existing. Food uh, has to stand up to the rigors of edibility. Okay. You cannot remove the functional part of these forms of art. True. But then again, even when it comes to food, I'd say if we're just talking about edibility, there's a lot of, like, food by definition is that which is edible. Past that point, you're still talking about a, a whole range of subjectivity. And personal taste. And personal taste. It, a lot of people don't like green beans. Other people think that if you cook green beans the right way, they can be delectable. Aside. Um, there's any number of examples I can give. When it comes to food. You're Italian. You should know these examples. Yes, I do know. <laughs> but also, like, I feel like there are other forms that can exist both independent and merge perfectly. I mean, let's take uh, performance art. Performance art has a function. To entertain. All performances... No, I mean... Have a, a function. I mean a function outside of its existence as art. When we're talking about a function of art, we're saying... Food has an existence outside of just looking pretty and tasting delicious. It's supposed to fulfill other roles. There are criteria for forms of art that need to be fulfilled. Video games. But if it's not edible at that point... It's no I, longer food. And it's not even art at exactly. that You can make food that is unedible. Well, yeah. Any Turn advertising you see, any advertising you see with food in it, is completely unedible. Because they the glue is... it, they rearrange it, they cut it up. Artistically, food... looks great. Visually, looks great. Looks delicious. But it's unedible. All right, but we're but... just looking at one. Edible is a very base That's term, for... term of, of, of functionality. Well, Let's look at just one other element here. How about low calorie stuff? How about vegetarian stuff? A lot of people have spent a lot of energy working on types of cuisines that fill you up. While not, you know, filling you up. While not making you unhealthy and putting you at risk for a heart attack as a result. People spend money on this stuff, and I think they are considered works of art. I'm not coming from a vegetarian perspective, but I know a lot of people who would really swear by some of these things. At that point, that is a functional usage as well as an art form. Make it delicious, but, but also make it healthy. They, made, they started with a functional criteria and then fulfilled it in an artistic way. Yes, but that's that and that no, itself, that's right saying. there, that's a crossover. I feel I like that disproves you in that point. I'm saying you cannot remove the functional, functional music from these forms of art. Music does not have to have any functional, functional aspect to it. Music can be a series of tones with no bearing, no, no desire to actually do anything. No desire to fulfill any criteria. Architectural, architectural pieces have things they must do. Video games, another form uh, of art. I, I'm gonna another go, form I'm gonna, of art. Let me just has interrupt. Things to do. Let they me interrupt have to fulfill with the, things. With the prime example here, I think visual art is is the ultimate rival in this regard. Well, I'm, I'm I think talking. visual art can be a splotch, literally, and I've seen this. And, and have zero sell. function and can be completely artistic. That's that's not functional. However, also no. sculptures can. There are sculpted coat racks that look like these great, beautiful sculptures. Perfect. That example. serve a function to hang your coats, but are still artistic. 
And can also and just exist. As that's well. where we, we, I'm we going, live in New York City. This is hipster central. A lot of people are into these little esoteric things. That's where I'm going to say it's the flip side. Two dimensional and three dimensional art, and we're going to def- um, the basic over genres of two dimensional art are really, if, in my opinion, photography and canvas medium. Like those are the two main differences. Canvas medium is creating something uh, completely separate from imagination or from escape. Or just, you know, paint thrown against the wall. While photography is the photographing of existence. Photography used to be a lot more functional, uh, but it's 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 developed into a very complex art form. But um, the, uh, we're just going to divide it that way. And three-dimensional art, for all of the interpretiveness from bronze sculptures of uh, famous people to a cube that... M- it's just matte steel gray and it's supposed to evoke something maybe you know what it is maybe you don't but truly interpretive pieces all three-dimensional art all three-dimensional art is designed around viewing it from every angle all right in that case in the case of two and three-dimensional art you can you truly say you take the artistic nature out of it and make it purely functional because you can do so with music Yes. Name something. <laughs> On a dime. Name so, something artistic yes. <laughs> that has the art taken out of it. What do you mean that doesn't feel like... What do you mean art Something creative out? of a two-dimensional or three-dimensional artistic medium. That doesn't feel artistic. That has no art in it that is a pure functional piece. What does that mean, has no art in it? That is creative, not artistic. Because I can think of pieces... Where's your music example? We've never been so abstract so early where's in the your, Where's your music example? There is this uh, um, scientific... I can't remember what college is doing this. They're doing experimentation on how tones affect people's ability. And they're done in art, in musical form, but they are not even close to being really artistic music. It's scientific music. And you were talking the other day... You are talking about music therapy. Thank you. But, and, and you were talking the other day about the musical therapy that's making people see colors, and what was that again? Oh, synesthesia. Exactly. There are forms of what we would actually consider music that are almost pure scientific in nature. I feel you're making a comparison closely between visual art and music. I feel like, again, that proves our point. What? If that... If that if that comparison between, going back to your previous example of the cube, if you take the art out of art and it, it reduces itself to a functional object, if, if you're making a comparison there between that 3D object and with music to the therapeutic side, to the enjoyment side, I feel that's, a, that's just more of a direct comparison between music and visual art there. There's, I don't see the distinction in subjectivity that is more weighted on music, if as, you, as was your previous if claim. If you take a handcrafted chair that's created as a chair, it's not art. It's a chair. But it's still hand-sculpted, so it is a sculpture it that a just serves a function with no art. Beautiful chair. And that's a point I was trying to lead you to. That, that, I, I was trying to get you guys to go for that, and I just couldn't put it in words. That's an excellent <laughs> point. Because he likes to still... believe that he's been steering us for the yeah, past the whole 10 time. minutes. <laughs> no, I was trying to get you to, to come up with the idea that a cube can just be used as a bookmark, regardless of how it looks and everything like that. It That'd was designed, really it was created. Bookmark. 
not a bookmark, a, a paperweight, paperweight, or or a stand, a bookend, something like that. All right. You can use it as just a piece to hold something, to do something. It was creative. It was created, but it's not art. It's pure functionality. Yes. That's that's really the biggest argument I see against my my thing. But I will say, with all, there's so many forms of art that we consider that are functional first, or functional second, but are intrinsically functional. The music doesn't have to be, and that's why I see like those forms of art specifically don't have the adaptability that music has. Uh, I still see I, I see us walking along a, a thin line here. Yeah, it's not as separate as you're saying it is. I feel just as you said just a little earlier. There's many areas of music. One area of music is the therapeutic. Yes, that may have less desirability to our ears, but it it. it probably has some powerful therapeutic qualities to it tones and such uh but then there's the other kind that is purely for immersion and emotional investment that's Again, my point if that's the case that's just i i see a direct comparison between that and visual it's art. very that's a very then that's where i don't see it i don't see you're, you're citing a very specific reference a very specific reference to scientific use of music. We're citing a very specific reference to chairs as a functional I, I, hand sculpture I, that's just function. No, I'm, I'm not making the comparison to two- and three-dimensional art. You're making it to other arts? I'm going to get to why I, I would... I'm going to get to two- and three-dimensional uh, with a separate right. argument. All right, so... With a completely separate what's one. What's the segue? No, no, no. I want to finish this one. But I want, I want you guys to concede... My point, what that functional art, that is that uh, the basis of what we talked about of video games, which I try to get into, you keep glossing over, of not, not. we'll get there, of of uh, video games, of food, of architecture, and the ilk that's associated with them, must remain functional and cannot go true artistic. Cannot go full artistic, has to remain functional. I, 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 no, I, no. I don't see that. In at fact, all. in video there games, is... I can reference a very specific point. What there game? was a PC game made last year. Of course, I can't remember the name of it. But your, it's a, a wash of colors, and you control a dot. There's no story. There's no goal. There's no puzzle. You just move this dot through a space, and things change. And there's no end goal there's no but it's still a game and you're still doing something and i'm going to bring a separate point what is what is the object what is the point what is the functional uh point of of a of an andy warhol piece you keep going we're He's not, not talking, talking about, about that art. get off those topics you just okay. no. You no 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 we're not talking said. about he that. just brought and up. i just said that yes you guys actually made a good point against it for that. But He's, we're not talking about that. You, you're on this. You're not even listening to what I'm saying at this point. I'm, li I'm listening. No, you're no not. John just said. I'm not He's talking, talking about, about two and three dimensional art. He's talking about. I'm going about... to get to that in a few minutes. All right, all right. Okay. I'm, I'm waiting on that. Yes. I still feel like I'm you made that I'm talking about something He's else. moved off it back to architecture, food, video games. That music is more forgiving than those. The secondary levels of art, quote unquote. No, okay, I'm talking. These, uh, then these, uh, uh, these areas of art which we... I think all of us are going to end up conceding that they're functional, aren't we? No, but I'm saying... Video games are certainly functional. Yes, they're 
And he's the, saying he's saying video games can't exist without function. Okay. Yes. Thank you. That's what he was saying. And he's food saying, can't exist without function. And buildings and can't buildings exist can't without, exist function. without function. function. That's the point he was trying to make. That's he the, was yes. he was going back to that. We made the art I'm point prematurely. Point. You know, we got even, the even this. I might I might challenge you just a little bit. How? We would, we just started to spit. We didn't really uh, let this conversation evolve. But when we were talking about food before, I started to stress that if if your base function is edibility, then how is that function any more abstract than music's auditory? It either creates sound or it doesn't. It either goes down your belly or it doesn't. No, edibility is not also is not the thing that will make food art. It's the visual aspect, visual aspect of food, the uh, olfactory aspect of food, and the palpability. Palpability. Palpability is a huge part of food. If food is not palpable, it's not going to be considered art. It'll look great. It'll smell great. But if you cannot get it, it down your throat because it tastes bad, you will not consider it good But I food. thought we were just talking about without function, not with function. He's, John's talking about music can exist without function. That's what I'm just saying. be sound. Food cannot exist without function. That's my Then it's point not food. That I keep reiterating. But, I, but I'm making that comparison, bringing it back to music, and saying that that function is no less than what the function that music has, which is, we're kind of overlooking this baseline here, simply be audible, create sound. I, I feel like palpability is, is, very, is very correlated to that. Okay. Mm. There's either a sound that you can hear, maybe, it's, or you can either eat it. That, that those two are right along the same Except line. Except I could put sand in my mouth, chew, and swallow. And it's not food. It's that would be the same level of it makes sound, so it can be considered music. It's audible, so it's music. I would cont- the, if so you you've, you've, it, in, you've in fact made food more broad. You can eat anything. You can eat a block of steel. No, no. I'm saying, just because it's audible, is that's not the same comparison as palpable. Because palpable is much more specific. Edible is much more specific than the ability to put it in your mouth. The ability to put it in your mouth, I would consider the same level. In other words, as audible. There's a constriction there. There's a constriction that between music what is you can sound. swallow and what you can't. No. And there's a constriction between food, what you can no, hear and food, what you can't. Food you can touch. That would be the equivalent of saying sound you can hear, which is what the claim you're making. Yeah. Food you can touch is just saying it is a real tangible object. Sound you can hear is just saying it's a real tangible vibration. Which is why, realistically speaking, I'm saying that we have a limit of palpability. But that is still a limit. There's going to be a point where it's no longer palpable. There's going to be a point where you can no longer hear it. You're making my point. No, I, you're I, actually I'm, making my point. No, that was my point. No, you're making... There you're, is a, there is a level of point, palpability. But you said initially, if you take out the function, the art ceases. And this is where I say that with music, as well, if you take out the function, the if art If you take ceases. out the vibration of sound waves, yes, 
there is no music because the definition of music or if the vibration is of vibrating sound waves a sound wave. beneath what you can hear it. So what you're saying it that's that okay I I I hate to do this on air that is a stupid argument that is not a stupid that argument a, because what you're saying because is we're talking about the the grass no at this point then you're saying that if food the is intangible it's not food duh yes that is much broader a term an idea than food is palpable right, or not I'm gonna humor you for a while all right continue with your train of I thought don't, I don't I just don't get it I don't understand this argument. I, I'm saying that your your you're your, your no. definition of functionality itself is subjective. No, you're, here's what I think you're saying. That's that what I'm if saying. music doesn't exist, it doesn't exist. And comparing it as the same sort of quantified logical sentence as if you can't eat it, you can't eat it. That's much more defined in the core of food. That's a much more specific area. The whole if you can't hear it, it doesn't exist is equivalent of saying, of you can't touch it, it doesn't exist. If you can't taste it, perhaps. There's plenty of people who can't actually taste. Well, then the art is lost on them, unfortunately, in the yes. same way it would be on, the music I, would be on the deaf. Exactly. But even so that, then... That's kind of a, no, mis, but a even misnomer. Then, even then, food can be visually uh, it, oper it does operate on, on, on another level, because and that, of the visual. That, I'll agree with that, and, and uh, smell as well. And that what co comes to... That I'll concede to. This, this is my next point. And this is two of three. My next point is... Music is one of the few forms of art... That relies on one stimulant to exist. And that is the actual production of the music. That is the actual sound waves. Other forms of art rely on multiple factors in order to exist. Oh, I'm love to see how you're going to prove this. I mean, other forms of art in terms of, like, movies and things, but we're talking about the basic forms of art. Sculpture? How about just... Let's go back to drawings here. Let's go back to drawings and paintings. You're not really supposed to touch them. So if you're going to say that you can, that's, that's kind of a... a, a that's bunk. Method. Yeah. That's bunk. Okay, but also in two-dimensional, uh, great... Uh, a, a major aspect in the actual composition of paintings is the actual is the thickness and layering of the materials on the canvas. That itself and that is, is still huge, visual. That is visual, that is depth procession. But procession. you can change the experience of a painting just by changing the style of lighting. Still visual. Lighting is visual. But you're changing the definition. But of it's it, still just that's one. That's all thing. visual, right. and you said one sense. Yeah. It's no, no, and outside for these these outside forces. I was trying to go to three dimensional because that's where I wanted to refute three dimensional art. Um, <laughs> but what? I'm trying to. I'm no. I'm going step by step. This refutes <laughs> right. this group. This refutes this group. This refutes this group. Well, I'm refuting that group. All right, go on. <laughs> but in no, but in two dimensional, like you can change it. And here's another aspect. In visual art, especially when you get into the larger pieces, it's the forest versus trees aspect of artwork. You can only either take in the piece as a whole or focus on the detail work. Okay, I would it's, say that it, itself is directly comparable to music. You can both take in the... We do it all the time yes. on the podcast. Yes, you can. You can in music. I feel like it's much easier 
to pick out the nuances while retaining the entire picture. Well, in visual art, if you're going to look Disagree. at the detail work, no more easier. No for, more easier for nope. uh, anyone who has a differing subjective view. Yeah, if you take a piece of artwork, you can take a look at it on the minuscule level. On the while, macro, micro. Yes, absolutely. There, there's no difference between the two. And I refute that because I have studied, uh, not studied, but I've seen and experienced a lot of visual art, and you can't. Like to truly appreciate it, to two even a, a tiny picture like the Mona Lisa, which is a tiny little painting, you cannot appreciate its entirety and its details. I disagree. At the same time, I disagree. At the, I'm sure you can. I disagree. I really can't. It's the same as if we're taking more music. Let me finish. As we're taking apart music and we look at it on the micro level and we're picking each piece, but. At the same time, still listening to the whole, you you either this it's not there's no difference of how well or not well you can pull it apart. This and goes focus. back to the subjective. Yes, yeah. there will be some people, individually speaking, who, who may only take a, a work of art, a visual work of art, at a glance and say, no, it doesn't please me as a whole. They walk on. Or there's other people who are just totally focused on the details and the texture work, and that is how they're going to judge the. Uh, uh, beneficial qualities of that particular art that's the same exact thing with music just like just like your ears can interpret the note the melody or you're focusing on the work as a whole just as do for you just as as a song just as your ears can interpret both pieces and the whole at the same time by focusing on different parts at the same time your eyes can do the same thing they're a complex complex instrument that can both and there are plenty of cases i can cite where you can do both see the whole picture and then notice the smallest bush, the tiniest tree, a small person painted in the background, as well as see the entire picnic That's scene. That's in fact where the word focus comes from. Yes. That's why we use visual focus is what our eyes doing is we're adjusting perception. That's why we use focus to mean other things. And there's focus with your ears as well. Two things. One, Steve made my argument for me specifically stating that people will view art differently. You were talking what? specifically. What? No, you specifically <laughs> Go back said. For a second. No, you specifically that said make that your someone. Point. No, no, no. It actually did because you specific. You specifically said. Okay. Some people will pick out the detail work and cite that that's why the detail work. That's why that piece is great because the details are amazing. And another person will say, "Well, it doesn't work for me as a whole. The whole composition." Yeah, and if you let me terrible. finish, I would have said there's others, probably more, who would do both. Well, yeah. Matt actually interrupted you. It wasn't me. But I made that point. But. That's I made the point that he finished my sentence. Yeah, it's actually been. <laughs> He's just gonna keep going. No, it's ocul- our ocular system. The way we actually look at something, we cannot actually interpret our peripheral vision. Peripheral vision just looks actually only looks for movement. So when you stare at a painting, unless you're actually truly far away where you can't see the details. You can't see the whole painting. That's not true. Someone with a good eyesight can focus on the details from a distance and still see the picture as a whole. That's not in your peripheral. Your peripheral is here, not no, here. No, your peripheral is actually here. Anything when, when, we, when we go to by. galleries, we don't view works of art on tunnel vision. That's yeah. why they're usually done in big rooms your and peripheral, halls, so your, people can step back and take it all in. And your peripheral argument is invalid because it's a cone. It's a cone, but the painting is within the line of sight. If the painting's within the line of sight, you can focus on everything and the individual at the same time. You can. That's not scientifically true. Yes, it is, because I'm not talking about the peripheral. The peripheral is motion. Right. Peripheral right. is on the side, not in the center focus. I'm, I'm coming back at you here and saying that this is a stupid argument of yours, because then again, it, that itself is directly comparable to music. If you're going to make that on, on a scientific scale, if you're going to 
go down to those terms, then, okay, sure. When we're in the moment, when we're at the moment of a specific melody, looking at a specific chord, we say, oh, wow, that's really awesome. Okay, maybe at that moment you can't take the whole thing into account. You have to wait. You have to wait until it's done. And that's the next part. Music is a form of art that has to be experienced through time. Well, I'm not going to dispute that. Visual art, while it can evolve over time, is experienced in the instant. Sure. Don't sure me on this. Well, I'm not being that's sarcastic. A bi- that's I'm the just saying that is, that is, the, the, that is the most... That had nothing to do with your previous point, but I'm obviously going to admit that's correct. Yeah. And that allows for... Bigger interpretations... Because a song, uh, instant by instant... Expand on that. A so- Bigger that's interpretation. What to, that's what I'm trying to do. Right. A song, instant by instant, can change. A painting doesn't. Yeah. Your view and your framework on a painting will evolve over time. Just because you personally are in a different mm, spot. I, a so- well, that's why... Think of affection. No, but affection as a whole... The complete song never changes. It's one song. That it's song exists, but that song okay. exists the it same is- way a painting exists and doesn't change once it's fully. Created. I don't even see why you should single out affection at this point. Why should you sing out single out any song? Yeah, any of it will occur over time. It's a shorter instant of observation, but a song after the two minutes does not change. It, that's that song. It's the same song every well, time you hear it. That's what I'm saying. It is one finished piece. Same is true for the painting. But a painting, you can see, and while you're looking at it, you can stare at it forever. And except for the ravages of time, it will not change. It won't. That painting will stay exactly as it is. Correct. Barring entropy. Correct. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Music, as you're listening to music, and I've heard 15, 20, 30 minute songs, which are expansive to say the least. I've heard hour-long musical renditions. Instant by instant, it evolves. Correct, but that's not the same thing. You're not making the same comparison. No, I'm saying, but a painting is a complete work of art. A a five-second to five-hour musical thing is one solid work of art. Correct. Because it exists through time, your experience of it actually has to exist through time. It... It is a different way of... It's it's a different form of art. Well, I already said at the beginning that I agree with you here. Uh, visual art, still life, or still non-life crafted, whatever have you, it, it does not take time into account. Right. Once it is completed, it is completed. The The amount of time that is spent understanding it is dependent... It, that's dependent entirely upon the, uh, the viewer. Um, so, no, I'm not going to sit here and argue that point. It, that's asinine. I know. I don't know why he's arguing it. I'm just <laughs> arguing the way you're describing it. Why? I got it right the first time. Well, how Which do you is, mean, Matt? So, what I thought John was trying to say is that you take a painting, a complete work, and once it's completed, it doesn't change. Yes. Right. And a song, as a completed work, once you complete it, does not change. But the in- initial viewing of it and subsequent viewings of it, that's the whole thing. Because it's two and a half to five minutes of something that's going from point A to point B. It's a journey, not a destination. That's the biggest thing. A musical thing, a musical piece is a journey, and static art is a destination. Yes, you're right. 
And that's the big But that's difference. not how you described it at first, and that's why I was confused. That's what I was trying to get okay. at, and I just came up with that all right. thing right there. We're talking about audience, the audience's ability to process it. Exactly. If that's the case, then yes, obviously music entails Which time. Which is why it's actually hard. And I'm making subjective. I want that, that out there, because it's hard to make comparisons between static and progressive, not progressive as in it's progressing, yeah. but progressive changing art. I will say this, and this is an abstract uh, offshoot here. This is not, I'm not refuting the point, of course, but I will say that uh, a lot of music out there can fool you into, be- into being more of a, a straightforward message than others. Say, just as you said before, the journey. So, journeys, prog music, classical music, they tend to move through so many sections. It really, it really keeps you to the clock you need to sit there and focus on it beginning to end you're not going to be able to kind of get the gist of it you need to sit there and experience it front to back there's other music if, if you're on a strict verse chorus structure you can almost say that once you heard the first verse and the first chorus you kind of get the gist of the song provided it doesn't change too much after that then you're only talking about two sections you're talking about a much quicker manner of comprehension yeah, I will concede that point. All right, but but yes, there, I'm not refuting the yeah, the time. That's the whole thing. Instance. There's there's no you know hour long experience. Yes. Of I'm saying looking that, at a painting and it changing in front of your eyes. I'm merely saying that more mu- than music, just your music can play with your perceptions in that way. Yes. And this is why I it's it's hard to it, it's actually hard to make static and adaptive. We'll call it adaptive. Is that a good term? Art like changing art. Temporal art? I don't know. <laughs> temporal? I what do you want like, to use it? Like a... Static and temporal art. It's hard to make the comparison because one is a finished product from its first unveiling and one you have to experience in order to finish. But then let's go to movies, yes. which does move through time. And there are artistic movies. And this is a great point, and I was hoping this... you'd bring this one up. Because we finally got there. We got to the other. Because oh. while there is plenty of movies out there... From silent films uh, to true, pure speaking dramatic pieces, movies and television and musicals, um, plays, well no, musicals, what do they use? They use music. Yes. And... Since they're already using music, I mean, you're already working they don't have something to, right here. They don't have to, though. They don't, they have, don't to. have to. And with the actual exception of silent films and true silent playwork, there is there they use sound. They're using multiple uh, physical stimuli. Yes, but well, of course, that's what we require today because that's mm-hmm. the the mainstream evolution of, of films but uh, if you're just going to look to their history of course it's really all about the motion of the visual yeah. yes that that is that is the natural evolution to the um, and to, I think, to the still life as we were talking about and before. I think right. the silent movies and the old plays and older movies speak more to being as versatile as music just purely being visual that's right but any of the talkies being a composition, but I'm not talking about those. Well, no, I'm I'm asking you. Any of the the talking films, ever since we were able to put sound synced with movies, uh, with visual art, would they be more or less versatile because they're relying on more senses? 
Well, that's an interesting question. Um, that is interesting, but to the same note, music can be visual, and we've talked about that. It's in the mind, but it can be very visceral and visual. But that's not what I'm asking. What are you asking? I'm asking visual art using sound. Not sound evoking an imagination of something visual, but visual art using sound. What about it? Is that as broad as music? Pure auditory art? Or is it hindered because there's auditory? Ah, uh, that itself is very subjective, I yes. think. We're going back to subjectivity all the time, which I think is going to be a recurring theme here. Well, we're uh, discussing art. We cannot of, be objective. Of course. <laughs> subjective is kind of the name of the game. Um, at that point, I, I think... the Because you're talking about a film, and because people accept that when they go to a movie, especially around the turn of that era, I don't think people were going there expecting to see, like, uh... uh oh, what was his name... David Firth film. I don't think they were expecting to kind of have their mind blown. They were expecting a story. To them, the movie was the natural evolution of the play. The only difference was that it was refined. So I feel like you can't talk about movies without talking about the play at that point. So my answer is essentially uh, not hindered, but it can't... The music cannot cloud it from the story. It needs to accentuate it. So, music accentuates it. That's if, what you're if saying. If done properly, it's, that's what it should be Specifically, doing. Specifically, yes. like, great examples are musicals. Great examples are, like, say, the score from Star Wars. No, musicals aren't accentuated by music. Musicals exist because of music. That's different. You cannot have a musical without music. Yeah, you can. How? Shakespeare. <laughs> Shakespeare. Not They're not no, musicals. No, no. They're not musicals there's, because there's no music, but Shakespeare has a very specific poetic prose in his dialogue. But it's not a musical. Which is the definition of singing. You can sing Shakespeare. Oh, right. If we're going to go down that route, we have a tendency, I guess, going back to antiquity, to phrase stories in a way that is sing-songy. Even if you're not, there's not instruments involved, or even if there's not um, actual singing, even if you're not following tones, there's rhythm. There's a rhythm to prose, to speech, that uh, what by Shakespeare's time was very heavy on iambic pentameter. So that itself is a function. I think we're going back to functional here. It either is or isn't, but he himself didn't have to stay there. He didn't put everything in iambic pentameter, and certainly by the time we're getting to talkies, that's almost irrelevant. Yeah. No, I'm just... But I'm, I'm, I'm saying no, there I, is a musical nature in his prose. In the prose of the time. But I think at that point we're talking... A musical nature, yes. A musical It's element. not a musical. At that point, we're, we're, we're talking about really more just the sound of someone's voice. That, that itself... In has a, an emotional connection. In a repetitive melody. It doesn't even have to be repetitive. But it's in a melody form. That doesn't make it a musical. I'm, that's not what I'm claiming. You keep <laughs> getting hung up on things I'm not saying. This is the most roundabout... You keep getting hung up. It's because I don't understand what you're saying. Because you keep interrupting me. So what are you saying? 
I'm saying that at its core, the idea of music, of the flowing of an auditory nature, is intrinsic to all of our visual coupled with auditory uh, mediums. Plays, musicals, movies, television. Anytime they're speaking, and even silent films specifically had uh, a backdrop of music playing. All right, all right. To fit the progression. But there's always been an auditory... On this abstract point, I'll, I'll, I'll exceed. I, I will... Because it's auditory, and because music really is just patterns it, it, of any tone, and that could be language, it could be dialogue, it could be anything, then yes, in a very abstract sense, that is a form of music. Uh, just watch the, uh, how about an Oscar Wilde? Um, get off of Shakespeare for a second, because yes, yeah, alright, that's strict iambic pentameter. But how about an Oscar Wilde play, like The Importance of Being Earnest? That is, that is beautiful language right there, and just the pacing of it, I, I would almost liken to music. Sure. That is okay. an abstract sense. But that wasn't even the point I was making. That's the point I was trying to make. Okay. But, <laughs> but the reason I get confused, and I'm trying to make a point you're not, is because you also are trying to continue to prove a point that I have moved away from to make my own, just a different let point. Me, let me get to it, and then, <laughs> Let's yeah. just take this time to interject uh, to the audience that, that this is a very broad-spectrum topic that we tackled today, so hopefully... <laughs> break some heads. Okay, but that's that's what I was going for. Thank you, Steve. Okay, thank uh, you. Okay, All right. and the only point I, I was trying to make with musicals specifically was that you can't have a modern musical without music. The way modern musicals are created and performed could not work that's without true. That, music. That is what he said. That's all and I was you making. spent time arguing the opposite way around. <laughs> you were not arguing my point. That non that's why that I got non-musicals yeah. had music as you opposed went... to musicals not having music. Yes. That's the time that you spent. Well, musicals don't actually need instrumentation instruments in order that's, to be musical. Uh, that's not, not music. what I'm saying. Right. Oh, okay. I'm saying modern musicals cannot exist Let, let's... without music. Oh, uh, okay. Let's well, do then this... I'll make the claim that modern musicals are just more rigid form of standard plays in the actual way people speak during plays because they're going to be set towards musical tones you can say the plays it just won't nearly have the same impact of course they're similar but i'm just saying it's more i think matt is saying too it's a little bit more rigid because it doesn't yes. require the it, it's not so you're actually making my point that music is oh, less rigid. How does he then do this? How does he twist everything around? Oh, oh, so oh yeah, it's my point. Then it's you're not, saying music is not, not your point. No, my my point is that music itself is less rigid than these other forms, and that all these other forms are based upon music and are accelerated and well, accentuated. Well, if we're just talking about and need oh, music, God, that's the whole thing. Crock of crap. They, they need music. Let's do this by temporal, numbers. Temporal art needs music by the numbers let's rewind to musicals okay we admit that in musicals it is far more functional than a play yes. because it doesn't just require dialogue and right. scenes it requires music and complete pieces not oh that happened to be uh that happened to, oh that was a nice um meter to his dialogue right no there. It no needs it requires more. a song it requires yes. whether it's a cappella or not, whether exactly. it's instrumentation, right. whether it's it requires even song, something that be... whether there's actually singing doesn't have to be singing. But the reason I was making that point is because that's one thing. All the rest of it doesn't need music. 
But he just made my point that it that it has music elements. That it actually needs music. music or it needs musical musical elements. Musical elements. Music. But on that note, of course, there's a lot more visual there than there is auditory. And silent and, films, while having music, the art is created without the music and without the music even in mind. Those early silent films were just films. They added the music later to give it a flow. But it had nothing to do with the original art created. It was Have created without it. Have you heard silent movies without the music? Can I just extrapolate from this discussion for a second? Uh, is your end result here, John, to say that music pervades every aspect of daily life? Or every aspect of art? Uh, it pervades every aspect of what we're calling temporal art. Every single aspect. Okay. And are you trying to say it does it anymore? Well, not temporal, but are you saying that it does, it has an art form, pervades daily life and other art more than other art forms would pervade I'm saying that the pure auditory experience of music is the foundation of all temporal art. Have you ever heard, and I'm, I'm pointing this out specifically, any of the old, truly epic uh, like Greek poems, just read, like the Iliad. I, I've, I've heard renditions of this, not set to music, not set to anything. But Iliad, it Odyssey, is, uh, it is Oedipus Rex. enrapturing, and there's no music except in his voice, in the voice of a person reading this. When read in a truly artistic manner, becomes music without being music. I will say this, though. In that particular instant, that's more of... That's more like color, filler, uh, aesthetically pleasing um, decoration on top of the core component, which is ultimately the story. You could have beautiful language. Uh, you know, it could be wonderfully phrased. It could, you could fill it without how much iambic pentameter you like. If it's not a good story, it will, work. it will not work. The Odyssey exists in your brain as well as it does but, um, read aloud. In fact, sometimes I think that it's more the pacing of the story itself that we're really likening to music, a little bit more than the language. Yeah. Uh, and just because you might consider a story to, in some way, echo a uh, song, and sometimes it's done the opposite way around as well. That's why it's done the opposite way around. Okay. And that brings us to the written word. As uh, an I, was, art I was waiting for that. Um, Which is first the, poetry. I, I feel is, is the... Poetry... Well, well poetry is uh, the precursor to music. Art? More or it's less. It's actually not the precursor. Oh, it's they the were, other way around? If you go back to prehistoric times when we were first <laughs> developing language, poetry probably came first. Probably. Like the first time oh, we had yeah. language. I... But in all reality, we were probably making random rhythmic noises first. Look, so it's hard to tell. Let me just pull us back here because the three of us are not anthropologists. No, exactly. So, That's the right one. He got the right word. I did. Yeah, it was, did I almost maze. I almost said anthropologists. In any case, um, for that reason, I don't think you're in the place to make that claim because I, it is quite possible that people yeah. started banging on rocks before First. they started speaking. That's yeah. true. It's, it's, it's possible that even happened many hundreds of thousands of years ago. So let's concede and that a possibility that both grew concurrently, that communication yeah. was musical so, in so, nature. So, so why don't we concede that for now anyway, to us, it could be a chicken or the egg kind of theory. But poetry, yes. poetry as you know it, will you deny the musical elements in it? No. No, of okay. course not. Then, okay, with that out of the way, because we don't have to make those points, 
novels. You're saying that novels look at, have a Look at the written word of novels. Of what we would consider true books. Fiction? Fiction, non-fiction. There's a difference between the two. I know. But that's, that's why I'm saying both. And historical versus encyclopedic, if you're going to do non-fiction. Right. Um. Novels are certainly less uh, tethered to that requirement. Yeah. Of the flowing of poetry. That's right. Yes. But then we're getting back to the function quandary again. You can't just put I, a series I of words together. I already said that, the, that, yes, the function is to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Yes. It needs to be an engaging story. And it has, in every language, there's very specific rules in order to remain coherent. That words must follow each other in this way, not that way. Otherwise, it becomes unintelligible. Yes, that's language. Yes. Um, I'm going to go back to that. Uh, I'm going to use this time to swing back to that, that, that topic that uh, you thought was just a, just a stupid thing to bring up, a stupid argument. What? That if that's your criteria, the fact that you're either speaking a language or you're not, or you're either eating something that's palpable or you're not, or you're either hearing sounds or you're not, I still say that, that that's completely comparable. I, I, you're talking about the basic form. Okay, I want to touch on language and completely gloss over this argument because I think this is... I understand what Steve's trying to say, but I feel like the two of you are just miscommunicating. But I'm going to take it back... No, no, I, well, I'm, this is off his earlier point that I... I understand. I, I'm taking it back to language. Language, I feel, as an art form, because language is an art form. Accents are an art form as well. Language is an art can tell a story without being understood. No. Yep. No. Okay. Yep. What? You consider the that... Minions a, well, from Despicable Me convey emotion and an idea without actually speaking a coherent or understandable language. They're, then they're not using language. Still, you just a, said it's that still language... still a component of the story. Yes. No, but you're not using language. You just said that language doesn't have to make sense in order to convey a story. Then it's not language. Then it's just noise. It's still a component of the story. In that case, I think you're, you're, you're holding too closely to language than story. Well, no, story I mean, is really that's a visual medium language. that you have other areas to work with. Yeah. You have the actual look of what they're doing to understand what they're talking about. But if you translate that into written form, what are you going to be able to glean from it? What are you going to be able to tell That's a fair point. Yes, if you took the gibberish from the minions and wrote it down, it wouldn't make any sense. Correct. I mean, which is which is why I think we're just stressing a little bit too much on language right here. When you're talking about a novel, the refinement of telling us of telling a story uh, in in the written word front to back, um, it's the story itself is more important, and there's many of examples today from uh, certain pieces of literature that people would oh great story horrible author great story though and I still say that's a viable form of art yes but if it it could be a great story it still needs to be able to be understood yes it yes. does need to be understood but at that point the once you get to the point where it is understood then how good the language is is almost more of the icing on the cake than the story. Then I'll say that music doesn't need to be 
understood in order to be good. You're talking about... I think this, this is a segue into high art right here. I'm saying specifically, music does not have to be understood fully or even partially in order to actually be good and moving. You can have no idea why you're crying. You just know that it moved you to tears. I, I was even going to take that in a different direction and say, um, oh, let's bring back Flying Lotus, because we love to do it. Uh, maybe we didn't find emotional in it, but if it's a form of high art that for some reason we're missing, not that our points are any less valid, if I don't consider it to be, you know, a form of Usable. high art. Sure. But I, there, I accept that there could be an argument made to me to prove the contrary. Of course. For that. So, you might not consider it as, um, engaging or practical. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Can we, can, so, we wrap so, back, can we wrap back around to the main point? So your main point that you're trying to make is that overall, music is more, more versatile broad, is more, more versatile, versatile than other art forms and allows for deviance than other art forms. And I think I've been making that point kind of well in a couple of instances. What? what? I just you disagreed with me that music does not need to be understood in order to be enjoyed, in order to be and good. The segue to that point was coming from. Novels, but I'm I'm making comparison. I, I just said that it itself no, but I'm is making, versatile. I'm going art style by art style. I'm making the comparison of how music is better than that art style. Oh well, we can't say better. Well, you're how saying more the versatile. music is more versatile with more than versatile. that art style. Okay, and that we just counterpointed that that's not necessarily true with the written word, because language becomes less important if the story is conveyed. No, that was the point of. If you can't understand it, you cannot read a novel. You cannot read a book. Correct. Music, if you don't understand it, you can still find it enjoyable. There's a level of subconscious understanding with auditory that you cannot get with written word. I'm going to say that with novelization, yes, it adheres to more rigid criteria grammar but i think i disproved you on the uh on the visual art side of it actually no wait i have one for the for the oh, written I word specific. i have one for the written word what poetry you can enjoy poetry and not get it it still needs to be words but you don't have to understand you're spe specifically i'm not talking about words i'm saying you specifically said music you can enjoy without understanding that's your point right yes poetry works the same way and poetry, we already discussed, has a musical beat to it. You know, and but it's, it's already still... borrowing music in order to achieve its goal. That's the whole thing. Most of the visual arts of movies and television and plays borrow music to achieve its goal. It uses music or musical forms, auditory forms that we associate with music to achieve its goals. So it's actually using music to win. That's a claim I'm making. That the, that using I feel like the, that was the most stretch of a point you've ever made. That's what I was trying... The point I was trying to make. That poetry, that movies, that music, use uh, that uh, uh, plays, use music and musical forms of speaking and being... All right. To... By the numbers here, they either... The story either exists in a language or it doesn't. If it's gibberish and... 18 consonants in a row. No, it's not telling a story. But music 
Yes, I do agree that you can probably place it in any form, in any abstract. Uh, you could you could completely remove yourself from music theory. You can remove yourself from the twelve tone system, and depending upon how it's arranged, uh, rhythmically or otherwise, I yes, it has more flexibility in that regard. But you did not prove the visual art side of yep. things. As well, okay, let me but, never did. Wait, no, You've let been me, glossing over that. The, the, the two-dimensional. Two okay, let me say my point with the two-dimensional. Static, the two, static visual arts. Both. Let me make my point. Hey, let me go. I love art. I do. I love Van Gogh's one of my favorite artists. I also like a lot of modern art, like Picasso and a few others. Picasso, I don't get. Don't understand it. Doesn't make any sense to me. However, visually, it's still aesthetically pleasing, and I don't understand it at all. However, I still enjoy it. Okay. Just like music. I can understand that. And I'll agree with that. So but you can see the point. Here's one thing. No, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I do not concede the point. With with 2D art? No. Okay, what's your counter argument? Uh, Two-dimensional and three-dimensional static art is not passively enjoyed. But I'm not talking about that argument. Music can be passively enjoyed. They can be passively experienced. That's Static art can't be passively experienced. You have to pay attention. That is so not true. People yeah. adorn their apartments with art that they sometimes never look at, but you gain from your peripheral that it's there, and it attributes to the aesthetic of a room. I think absolutely. that's as passive as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. Because not all art is meant to be viewed in a gallery with intensive yep. focus well, on a bench. Well, even pieces on the wall... If it, if you can, I, I don't understand, if you just throw it up on the wall and never pay attention to it and never look at it and don't even... Perif- I didn't just say said, never. I, I just say said never. you're peripheral. I but said it, that if your peripheral gauges the art and attributes to the aesthetic of a room, which I'm sure it does, as it, compared to the, if the walls were bare, then you're actually creating the art of the room by using the static art. Yes, but I think it varies from art to art. I think it varies from what art you choose to put on the wall. Then you're not really using or experiencing the art as it was intended. Music as well, though. That's not necessarily true. But the same argument can be made for music. If you're passively listening to something, you're not actually taking everything from that song that was intended to be heard. There's plenty of active music that's listened to passively. I'm sure that ba- just washes over you. I'm sure like passive Beethoven of and art. Mozart really wanted their music to be listened intensively. I'm sure they wanted people to be sitting in the in the front rows, just completely focused on the performance. But let's face it, in the modern day, it tends to get used in Barnes and Noble, on the soundtrack. <laughs> People use this stuff as as passive. really background cl- passive music. I, as far as I'm concerned, that is. A hundred percent similar. Decorating a Barnes and Nobles auditorily with Beethoven is the same as decorating your apartment with art. I'll it's... concede. Yeah, no, that is a very good point. Using art as decoration. Yeah. Passively. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, I agree with you guys on this one. Okay. Which is this is still comes back to the whole problem of static versus temporal art. It's hard to I make comparisons. St- I still think that music and static art are similarly versatile. Whereas, I will concede that t- 
temp the other temporal arts, which I hate that term. I just don't we like it. We gotta come up with a better term. Anyway, but movies and plays and yeah. musicals versus music, music can be more versatile because it, those other things use and utilize music. I will concede that. How about However, we just do it this way? I think there's three core things that we're working off here. And even so, really just two core things. It is And two. the third one is, is, is uh, very manifested by us. Yeah. There's either auditory, visual, and then story. I think that's what it really all breaks down to. And every art form that we have borrows from those. I don't really... I can't think for the life of me what's outside of that. I mean, except for the other sense that you could... I don't know a lot of art that's directly based, or at least not widely based, on pure touch. Yeah. Even that, I feel like it should ha- has a visual component before you get decorative there. Decorative art, like painting a room, paints these days are actually created with a texture as well, so the wall feels a certain way, smooth, rough. Pure texture? So, in I've that sense, maybe. I've seen pieces like that. You know what? The touch tunnel... Remember the Touch Tunnel? Liberty Science Center. Liberty yeah. Science Center? Yeah. I would consider that a piece of art. And it's a pitch your... black, quiet, you're just crawling through. That is a pure it's all touch, touch piece. It is very interesting. Yeah. Pitch black, quiet. That, that's exactly what I was looking for. I, you're I, welcome. I was, I was sure that I wasn't like 100% on that. But yeah, the Touch Tunnel. Cool, right? And it is a temporal form of art considering how you experience you it. You have to go through it at a time. You can't experience it all at once. It's a progression of time. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, this is just taking a turn for the better, this conversation. Oh, um, um, I, I, I was reading something. Uh, they created a room that actually has a sound rating of negative nine decibels. I have read, read about, about this, this right? This is, I think they keep have it read in about this? Minnesota no. or something. Yeah, okay, now you close your eyes. You're right. blindfolded. It's scary silence, apparently. Listen to this. Close your eyes uh-huh. for hours. Right. You're blindfolded. People who are blind adjust. Yeah, their other senses improve to help them manage. But I don't mean you just can't see, but right. you're actually devoid of visual stimuli. You right. can still adjust. Right. These people who go into this room are so devoid of auditory stimuli, nobody's been able to stay in there longer than 45 minutes. It is that bad. You actually, at that point, become aware of your body sounds. And that's something I really want to focus on. That auditory is an integral part of people, of the way we experience the world. And that's why I think because it's such an integral part, I think it's the most adaptive. And with the exception of the static art, which is an argument I really don't know how to pursue. But anything that uses a visual component can't reach the full level that auditory can. I mean, I've said on the base level, the very base level, and it's where our kind of our tagline came from, is that music is life and life is good. That came from the fact that growing up, life to me existed around music for me. Music has been there and gotten me through my life at every step because of how important it was to me. And so hence that's where the catchphrase came from. But the more I talk about visual art and, and visual stimuli and all this stuff, music is very much an integral part of 
human existence. Especially since even, as John was pointing out with this room, your body's sounds have a rhythm. Your heartbeat is a beat. And we've been and so has much been mimicked music over in music. We've made the comparison. And that there's a rhythm to life, the human body itself. I, I feel like we're overlooking one thing here. What? You're telling me that people have a hard time adjusting because this room is... The sensory deprivation of sound, yes. Yes. What about the deaf? Uh, a lot of them get along fine. Just like the blind, the deaf have nothing at that point to be denied. Once they actually lose their hearing, it's... This is... It's not even... This room is more about hear. being having the hearing removed suddenly when it's, you're it's, aware of it's it. It's not even that. It's actually negative hearing. It's negative nine decibels. Sound itself is damaged at that point. Think about that. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I but, still think it's a little bit... Yeah, I mean, to, to Steve's point, I mean... That's not natural. I mean, exactly. It's unnatural. But even being blindfolded and having no visual stimuli is not natural. I suppose that's true. Um, eh, it's a tough one. Yeah, but if you took someone who's been seeing their whole life and put them in a pitch black room, a pitch black room where literally there is no light at all, they would probably get as disconcerned as that room. There's a lot of people who are afraid, that's of, what afraid it's about. of the dark. I think it's more There's about... plenty of people who are afraid of loud soil, silence. The loud noises or silence. Yeah. I think it's more to do with the sudden removal than the actual volume. I've been in yeah. pitch black. I mean, I've been in legitimate... For longer than an hour? I've... And not gotten weary or or unnerved? No. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I... Where? In what instance? Uh, I, uh, what's it called? Well, I would like to know how, how widespread It's not this... pitch black. Actually, when it's an overcast night, it's pitch black. No, it's not. There's still some minor amounts of light coming from the moon. Minor no, amounts. No, I mean actually overcast pitch black camping. Like legitimate mm, pitch black There's camping. still lights coming from somewhere. You can still see something. It's not pitch black. The pitch... You haven't been camping with me. Yes, I have. All right, Point all blank, right, I right. have. We're splitting hairs here. <laughs> And I, I, I still say, going back to the, um, going back to the room, the decibel removal room, we're talking about, uh, it was done on some, the test was done on some people. Uh, are, are you sure that everyone would be uh, all the people have All the people who have gone in have not been able to, and if I'm not mistaken, they, they make it open to the public at times. See, but I'd be curious to see if you put a deaf person in that room, would it matter? I feel like it wouldn't. Well, they're not going to be denied the sense they already don't have. Right, so I just I feel like that room still has to do with the removal of some from someone who's experienced it. A true test of it. Would no, be... because a deaf person can't hear their own heartbeat. It's that <sighs> aspect of actually the only thing you can hear is your heartbeat and your stomach gurgling and that sort of stuff. It's like the only thing you can hear is your internal noises, which is something people don't pay attention to, and that's one of the things that messes them up. Then the fact that when you yell, you actually sound like a whisper and things like that like it's so creepy of sound being destroyed that people can't stay in there i just feel like most people because even if you're saying you were in pitch black overcast couldn't see anything you're one person i feel like the average like with that room if they were removed of 
all vision and could pitch black could not see would freak out just the same. I don't think it's different. I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. Because even if you prove your point that you didn't get disconcerned and you were camping overnight and were fine with it, you're a person who also has experience, A, with camping, and B, with very specific situations. I feel like the average person, like the average person going into these rooms, would be disconcerned after a half hour, 45 minutes and couldn't take it either. Because they would feel like there was nothing. They were in nothing and it would be just as disconcerting. And until we have a test that proves that, it's kind of... Hearsay. It, it, there's no way to prove one way or the other. It's true. Humanity has more experience with the dark than we do with the um, silence. Silence. The silence. Which is true. I, so that's that, a good that, point. That's evolution. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was quite a big tangent. Yes. Yeah. But it was actually a very. No, important, it was interesting. That was, that's an important tangent to. It, to it, really that discuss. is because the big conclusion drawn there is exactly what I just said um, and I think that we've kind music of music does kind of purvey uh, aspects of our or sound itself yeah. purveys aspects of our lives um, we're gonna go active art versus static art instead of temporal active, active art, art okay is I like active better art that actually exists over time as opposed to art that exists momently I think that the the overall arc of points here is this is I, the I, I don't want to... Sp- I mean, it, only if we can be cl- clear about those definitions, because I still like active... Using active as a... Uh, yeah, active... to passive. Yeah, that's active, why... Active, active is well, focused. then we're going back to temporal. Until we can... The, the thing I want to... We're missing a word here. we got to be missing. I know. The point, the, the point that music is hands down more versatile than all other art is proven wrong. It is. It's not true. It's not. Did, uh, no, I don't see any proof in that. I didn't... Prove. 2D art! 2D art! That's the whole thing. We did not... We have yet to really... Really compare and contrast them. We we did! No, we, we did. about all... We've done an ad nauseum. Yeah, we uh, no, did. No, we really didn't. John, passive viewing Okay, of, okay, fine. Then I'll make a point as to What do you call why. that whole entire Barnes & Noble discussion? Yeah, because I thought you that was the most direct... Wait, which Paris Barnes & Noble discuss? Oh, uh, wallpaper. Wallpaper yes. music versus wallpaper art. Then I'll make this point. That invisible light... light spe- we're getting scientific here. Invisible light spectrum. There is only so much we can comprehend with our eyes. The same can be said of our ears. Actually, no. With frequencies and everything like that, it, it is broader. I mean, you can get no, infinitely... No, you cannot say broader, because no. the two are not... Are, are not... You can't compare them, really. Uh, because you can't, you can't say broader to something that uses a completely different set of criteria. Yeah. Okay, broader is the wrong word. Um, we can get infinitely specific with hues. Our eyes can't see those infinite hues. It's... Our ears also cannot hear an infinite amount of tones. But that's the whole thing. In fact, I would even say it's a little bit more limited in that regard, only because you could probably cram more particles into the space in front of you than you can cram waves. Because at that point, waves are canceling out each other. Mm -hmm. But there's something that auditory art doesn't have, uh, that has, that visual art doesn't have. Which is? Timbre. That's because that, that, that particular word is very specific to music. Yeah. 
timbre is the specific sound, not note, but sound something makes. The frequencies that it vibrates. Yes. And two completely different materials vibrating at the same frequency will sound differently. On that particular, I would say that the comparison there is um is just material. Are you using paint or are you using chalk? Uh, chalk or graphite all these things yeah it's the same idea clay you can draw the same picture you can draw the same picture with different implements and they're very different and come out very different if you paint an image draw an image but by using a different implement you're not drawing the same picture and you're not making the same sound with those different timbres exactly it's the same thing but now you're talking yeah you're right Different materials. Material is visual's answer to, to timbre. timbre. I didn't even see that one coming. That's yeah. a great point. Hence why I still say, your your argument... Th- I'm right up until static art. So you can't say all art. And sculpt- sculpture as well is the same material argument. You can draw the Mona Lisa, but it happens. I mean, it's, it's, it's been done in oil. Lisa. Yeah, but it's not the Mona Lisa. But you're still going to get the same gist. Yes. Um, but you're going to get graphite you representation. You can say... Third, three-dimensional art, there is a subset that requires, not requires, but relies on touch, and touch is actually a big thing when it comes to sculpture. That's, a, in my opinion, a little bit of a crutch for three-dimensional art. You can get a sense of how something feels just by looking at it, though, without actually touching it. I've seen things that look one way and feel very different, and are specifically designed around that. But I don't understand then how... But that wouldn't giving it another subset make it more versatile because there are multiple factors. But what if you don't get to touch it? I can, you can still enjoy it, and it can still be art. An artist makes and be a, versatile. This is more of a high art discussion. An artist makes a piece that's supposed to be visually and physically touched, and if you don't get to touch it, you're not experiencing it the way. However, it's like taking out the drums of a rock song. You're specifically talking about art that's intended to be touched. Yes, yeah. and also. Also, but and but to that but that leads back to the not understanding but still enjoying. Like music, you could see I could see a sculpture intended to be touched, and I personally don't understand it to its fullest capacity and intent, and still enjoy it. Which still makes it Can plenty you versatile. That? Just I'm, okay, yeah, I'm a, a little okay. bit lost on that. So remember when we were talking about how. With 2D art, you could see something, not get it, and still understand it, much like music, making it very versatile. And one of our comparisons, with a sculpture, if the sculpture is intended to be created to be touched as well as seen, and I only see it, I'm clearly not understanding it completely. However, aesthetically, I can still enjoy it, even though I don't get it. Because I'm still getting enough to enjoy it and un- and and enjoy it as art, even if I don't get it, and that's similar to music in the way where All if right. you hear it, you don't comprehend it, I buy but can that. still and, enjoy and it. And let's face it, that's kind of that's kind of esoteric right there. The kind of sculpture that requires being touched. touch is a very specific example. And I think for the exact reason of the point that Matt just made is because most people don't require that. And on the whole, sculpture as a whole is not a touch medium. It's not. Okay, well then I have something else that I just thought of, so it's not fully fleshed out, so give me a minute and try to walk me through it. Um, I feel like this is what we've been doing Starry for Starry Night. <laughs> right, by Van Gogh. How do you feel about it? Uh, like, when you see it, what do you feel? 
Me personally, I feel serene, beauty. Okay. Related words. Have you stared at it and gone from serene to fearful? Have you gone, have you seen a piece of art that as you look at it, you go and you go, well, this is beautiful love. And this is love. And you go from love to hate and to hate from fear to fear to anger and back to love. Granted, I, I see what you're doing. Yeah. I see the point. But that's only by virtue that it's not temporal. And I yes. will say that people experience different emotions. They, even if it's not, even if you don't go through a progression, people do look at art in different ways. Looking at The Screamer, also by Van Gogh, right? Yes. That's, that is... That's one that I would... I, the first time I saw it, I went through a wave of emotions. At first, I was completely afraid of it because I didn't understand it. And as I looked at it, looked at the details, observed the beauty, I felt beauty, and then actually, eventually, a love for the piece. And a love in it, because that piece, he's screaming. Why is he screaming? Because he loves someone too much? Because mm. he's afraid of something? Because he's arbitrary? Because he's erratic? You can go through a and wave of motions looking at that one what, piece while it being What we're describing right now is enigmatic. Yes. It, it, and I think that those visual pieces would be enigmatic in the same way that a certain piece of music may uh, may give off. But we start from the beginning saying that art is looking to achieve emotions. Yes. An emotional response of some sort. Yes. And that's what two-dimensional, three-dimensional art does. Yes. Yeah. We can see this. Music does this as well. Yes. I'll tell you those that. questions I have a point in a minute were something you thought about and thought about and thought about and eventually came to the conclusion of did you go in the viewing of it just literally stand there and get that frame of thought yes and I know other people have as well from artwork okay because it's a it, it's not it's not weird because you're observing something and taking in the details over time within that moment All this right. is that goes back to my forest and trees argument you saw the forest, then you picked out the trees. And then saw them both together in the end, much like a song. Yeah, I see you being able to experience it the forest and the trees around. of the song at the same time, while art, I don't feel like you can really... Uh, Let me uh, just visual art, you indulge can't do that. you, yes, you John, here. Okay. Uh, going off the pieces that I think are a little bit more concrete... Because, yes, Matt used the point, and I think it was a point well taken, that there's a lot of art out there that is enigmatic or hard to distinguish and probably can give you a range of emotions. Let's talk about the kind that, objectively speaking, not... Granted, everything is subjective, but we can look at numbers here and say that, yes, probably most people will feel a serene or calm reaction to Starry Night because... It, it, it's a beautiful it, restaurant scene. Yeah, and, and it's it's something that I feel a culture has just kind of trained us to like over time. We kind of aspire to Let that. him finish his point, John. So, seeing as how that is probably geared toward one specific emotion, that's what that artist was trying to do. The vast majority of music out there tends to do the same thing. Correct. To the same degree. The vast majority will try to achieve one motion and do it really, really well. But the high art out there, the kind that's more, more concerned with your experience, there are visual artists as well as composers who, who will, will take you through a range of emotions. And, and that's their goal. That's yeah. their goal as an artist. If they've done that, they succeed. 
and it's on the same level of in, of interpretation. I, I really like I said, John. I'm willing to concede your point that with visual mediums and and like very temporal mediums that it relies on music very heavily, especially in a modern age. So music is more versatile because it's a part of it. But with visual, both 2D and 3D, more so 2D, but 2D and 3D, static art is as versatile as music. We've made too many counterpoints and equal examples and equal comparisons that are further proving that point. And as we and, dig deeper, we're finding more. And I want to push us a little bit further forward here. Just go back to story. I'll push us further forward by going back. I, I'm begging you to eliminate the language criteria. Because I think if you in do... In music? No, 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 in story. Eliminate the language criteria for a second. Presume okay. that to be a story, language is the prerequisite. Right? Once you assume that, then beyond that, I think you're going to find that it shares many of the same similarities. Wait, I have no idea what you're saying. The what same way, the same way that we we've just been comparing visual art to music in the way that one is really no more versatile than the other. He's saying the same for stories. I'm saying story. the same for stories, provided you eliminate language. Language. By saying that language is a required. Not eliminate, but. It's a required prerequisite. Yes. Yeah, it's not a factor to be tampered because it's required to have that. It has to have that. A story cannot exist without it. This Language, is true. Yeah. But once you have it there, it's still a very versatile... Almost like music There's... can't exist without sound. And I still refute that. Music can exist in silence. That's, Long that's the breaks that's if a tree of, falls and in use... a forest and there's no, no one no, 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 no. to hear it. Then. No, 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 no. The use of silence. I think that's something you might be discrediting. The use of silence no, but, can but, be beautifully musically. Yes, but it's not. There's no such thing as a three three minutes of silence is not a song. It's not music. But like saying there's no sound is like saying there's no story. The basic framework of musical art is that there's sound. The basic framework of a story is that there's a story. You're asking me to remove the actual no, we're saying of what that it the is. basic like framework. You just proved my point. Yeah, we're no. saying no. Yes, John. That's the hold on. Wait. The, 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 the prereq. The prereq. Like, there's a prereq for music is sound. That's the that. But that's what I'm saying. That is the only prerequisite. Okay. In music. The only prereq for a story is language. You need language for a story. So we're saying push that to the side. That's not a comparison. It's a, a direct comparison. For a written story. For a written word. For written story. Otherwise, it wouldn't be written story. That's what we're making. That's the point we're making. And that, and therefore, if we don't make language as a... V- I can... Cr- this I, is why it's, a, it's seen... a miracle that you were able to actually remove me of this point. No, I... written stories can... Ex- I've seen written stories as pure picture express, uh, expression. It's not a written story. We're talking books, pure drawn, novelization. Pure strong, drawn stories exist. And have that. no written language and still do the same function as what language does with a written book. Examples. Examples. Growing up, you never had a picture book? It still had language. That's language. No, I've had, pa- and, had picture and, books without and, language. And we're talking about... few. I really wish, and I do want us to get into this later, we're going to talk more about the fusion of art forms, bringing them together as in movies and video games, but that's step one right there. That is language meets picture yeah the there, picture accentuates the story or about like a photo uh, a gallery edition of someone doing a, a like a photographic series i've went to one of these ones yes where it's an they actual story 
they, through I, pictures. I, I figured you were going to go down this road. Yes, they may use a story through pictures, but we are talking about novels here. We're specifically that talking about is novels. the art form, in which case you must assume language. In, in, okay. And in the photography... Then you have to assume other things. You have to ex- assume of course characters. I, yeah. not, that's not part of language. You have oh. to assume characters. You have to assume setting. You have to assume, huh. for a story, but that's, a plot. And, and from there, I think that's where it gets very, very dicey. I think that's where our authors bend the rules all the time. Well, there's various interpretations of a plot, but for a story, you need a plot. For a story, you need... And yet, the plot itself can be so abstract. And there's yes. stories that begin at the end, and then they go back to the beginning, and they yes, fill yes, in the middle. Yes, it's still a plot. You still need a setting. Right. Stories have to have some sort of setting. Stories have to have a character. If the character is only an idea, it still has to have a character. Music only needs sound. To be perfectly honest, I, I think that if it was... Sound without reason, without form, without pattern. I think it's not music anymore. I think it's sound. sound. I've heard music in the fall of a rainstorm. I mean, I've heard music without rhyme but or reason. Still, but no, because in a rainfall, if you're hearing it musically, there's still a rhythm. At no. the base, there's a rhythm. There's no rhythm. I'm talking like not rhythmic rain. Rain is not rhythmic. But the random dropping on my car windshield as I'm drying. Driving. But when most of us refer to music as an art form, we're thinking of the art form. I've we're heard thinking of construction. You. I've heard interpretive music like this. So have I. I mean, this is... Wow. But that's more on the high art of, um, end of it, though. Yes. But that doesn't make it art. We're still using the word art here. And it's still music. I'm saying, like, a novel still has other criteria. A story has other criteria outside of the language basis. Music has one criteria, and that is audible. Doesn't story itself encompass those things? Well, that's what I mean. Doesn't In the order word, to make the word story, isn't that just an overarching term for things that include plot, however abstract it is, setting, however abstract it is, in that case, isn't the prereq story. Is there any aspect of music besides audible that is a prerequisite? Sound. But No, besides sound. We're equa- you, you just thing- equated language to sound. Things that fall under sound? Like no, is there anything I, I just, I like just said, melody? I just said is that there, is, is melody necessary for music? Not on the whole, although anything we could, we might perceive. There's a very wide range of things we might perceive as melody. But is there like does music? If we're saying music is used with sound, I see. Look, I stories see exactly are so used what, with language. I see language. exactly what you're doing. I just, I, I, I feel it's. I really feel you're splitting hairs. No, I'm not splitting hairs. I'm saying because it does not have these rules to follow, like a story, it and simply, even as broad as the rules are... It simply doesn't have subsections. Exactly. That, that's, that's, that's it? That's your entire argument? Is the fact that sound itself is, is broad? It's pure interpretation. 
A novel needs to have certain things. A story needs to have certain things. Actually needs. Music doesn't need anything besides sound. And a story doesn't even need language. But it does need but then on that much note. more refinement in order to be considered what it is. But then wouldn't you say that plot is just about as... That's a term that we kind of invented for something that has some sense of organization, which is almost like the way in which we perceive melody. It seems to be in the forefront. It seems to be stated linearly. Therefore, I think I'm going to give it a name and call it melody. Okay, but you just said music doesn't need melody. That's, my point is it, it, it's perception. It's the way in which we look at the story from an outsider's perspective. And just say, all right, that one thing, this seems to be plot. But I feel like if a plot was lacking and it was just people going about their routines, I don't feel that, that that's really plot anymore. And I think stories have been done, like st uh, still life pieces or day in the life, stream of consciousness, memoirs, things of this sort. At, at that point, like, would you concede... Would you perceive what you're doing right now as a plot? To some extent, yes. To some extent? Yes. Probably to the same extent that I might vaguely hear a melody in the way in which rain was pattering on my windshield. Or at least I'm going to hear rhythm. Melody might be a stretch, but I'm going to hear rhythm. Just as you might hear... I think you're stretching in this case. I don't think I so. I don't think so. Rain is percussive by nature, impacting yes. on something, therefore creating a rhythm. Rhythm is, at its basis level, a series of impact, a series of points, punctuations. Yeah. In a specific order. No, it's not. Rhythm doesn't have to be sp a specific order. Does, Did you hear what we just listened to? Yeah, there was earlier? no specific intelligent order. Design music? To, yeah. Yeah. Intelligent dance music, which is a genre that I just music. discovered existed. And uh, let's put it this way. For the average dancer, it's going to be really tricky. You might you're break probably, your neck. And you're probably not going to be able to predict what's happening next because the rhythm was changing up constantly. That does not make it not rhythm. Yep. And to the same extent, plot, if not fitting into that perfect structure, can still be considered a vague plot just like rain can be considered a vague rhythm. I think you guys are stretching here a little bit more than I. How been. about when authors break the fourth wall? Isn't that absence of plot for at least a period of time? Actually, it's a different kind of plot. Just that's as why we I call just it... described that when a rhythm changes, it's a different kind, kind of, of rhythm. rhythm. This I is not a stretch. But I don't know. I don't see the rhythm that you're speaking of. What is rhythm? Define rhythm for me. As you're seeing it here. A series of percussions. Yeah. Percuss Just a, a series of percussions. Percussions. No metronomic nature. Percussion, a, a, a perception of pattern. Yes. Even if it changes up on a dime. Yes. Okay, then I've heard stuff that actually has no pattern. Yeah, well, it can still be rhythm Musically, without a pattern. No, without rhythm. Without any even perception of pattern. 
So you're saying that there's music that exists without Yeah, rhythm. it was really weird stuff. It was high art. I didn't really enjoy it, but it had no pattern. I really went through this stuff. This is like... But then you're looking at other elements college. here. Let's say ambient music. Ambient music is almost entirely tones. Ambient music is probably not everyone's idea of a great listen. can set the stage, though. It can, it can provide you with a mood. You might say that that's fairly absent of rhythm, but even if it's absent of rhythm, it probably has other things. So, and I would argue that going back to literature, you may lack defined characters, you may lack... There's any number of things. And I I really think if I just were to go into the annals of of the the real abstract authors out there, I think you'd be surprised at, at what has been written and what people still consider literature and and they'd still buy it i'll say this in i've probably read in the neighborhood of five thousand books without really exaggerating uh every single one of nothing no no but uh, i mean and across huge levels of genre from the benign generic to the esoteric Every to the abstract. To the abstract. What was the most abstract work that you think you've read? Oh, outside of poetry, poetry is probably the most abstract. Let's stay on poetry for a second. Um, you want to talk abstract haiku? Because poetry certainly lacks a plot. Yes, sort of. No, actually, there's... I'd even say haikus have a plot, and haiku would probably be one of the easily definable most as abstract. And that's where I think you're poetry. stretching yeah. to say it has a plot. Defining plot in that sense, good, true, old school Japanese poetry. We're not talking about good or true. We're just talking about it. Then it's, it's not quality art. It failed at what it was and, doing. And that music that has no rhythm was not quality music either. Yeah. Actually, yeah. That, that's... I've enjoyed some of it. Enjoying really quality good. art the same. If it, no, if it makes me evoke... If it evokes enjoyment, it's invoking something. That doesn't mean it's quality. It doesn't. But if it's invoking something, that could be the... I'd say that's probably the definition of quality. If it's actually doing the job of what it's supposed to do, which is invoke, then it's art. So, then Kesha is art. Low art, low art, but yes. Okay, so then by that same thing, the haikus that invoke something that aren't technically good are still quality. No, they're low art, just like I said, Kesha. Okay. Therefore, still further proving that language and music are parallel. Or story and music are parallel. Story and music are parallel. They both have low of the low that ignore certain functions. No, 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 no. I don't see what you're getting at here. The point we're trying to make is that language. No, no, but we're not making that point. No, that's not the point you were on. I never refuted that point. What? That. that that story it's still that story as an art form can be as versatile as music because it can, you can remove an aspect and it still works no but you we, didn't make that point with the haikus that lack plot it failed just like Kesha fails at being art it's low art it's failing at what it's supposed to achieve it's still a try 
Okay, so but that's putting music and story at the same thing, that they have low forms that don't exist without specific things missing, even if they're enjoyed by someone. But they're failures. That's what I'm saying. They're not doing the job properly of art. Okay. What they're supposed to be doing. They're not achieving said art. Same could be said of these rhythmless tracks that you're talking about. Even if you enjoy it, it's low art because it's not... No, that's, not that's the argument I'm saying... That's still including though, and I'm saying in written word, you can't have that lack of plot, that lack of setting. In literature, you can't have that. There has to be those definable I'm criteria. I'm one thing before we move on. The interesting thing about this topic here is that you're saying that stories require plot, they require a character, they require a setting. Without them... You might have no story or low story. In low that case, no, true I'm... low. No, not not low. It would not be a story. And are you trying to say that in the instance of music lacking rhythm, which I still say is kind of a stretch for anything, any music to lack rhythm? Uh, yeah. Or very specific, like anything else. Lack a semblance of melody, or tonal structure because really even patter on the windshield has these things that could very well be low art as well low art not the lack of being art. art it could be low art it could be high art that's for persons that's to for judge the to decide, that's yes. for persons to judge but i consider it art while literature without a plot of even an incoherent, random, mutable plot, even a poorly defined, abstract setting, and a poorly I defined... I thought of a book that doesn't have a abstract... plot that's still regarded as art. Hang on. Abstract character. What plot? What book? As far as I'm told by the people who have read it, the Se- and I could be wrong because I haven't read it, so you'll correct me, The Semerillion is an encyclopedic collection of what Middle Earth is. It's not a story. No, it's a series of short stories. Is it? Yes. So it's not just fact, essentially facts and compilations of it's Middle Earth. It's a... They're definable... Biblically ca- written, biblically stylized uh, book. So in the Semerillion, there are definable plot points and characters. From the very beginning. There are named characters from the very beginning. It starts with the creation of the universe by the highest of gods. It is a group of short stories. Okay. That flow together to create the mythos of Tolkien. It isn't, you know, a plotless thing. There is an overarching story throughout the thing. Okay. I've read that book a dozen times. I love it. Okay, so you proved me wrong. I just, I was going based on what I heard about the Semerillion, so that's fine. So then I just, whoever told me that didn't know what the hell they were talking about. I, you know what, the only thing, I, I haven't read anything. I've read a lot of stuff, and of all forms of art, really, literature is in fact my favorite. Even more so than music, and music is a, just shy of a close second, but literature is my favorite form of art. I, I, I haven't, come across something that was both coherent and lacked either a, a, a plot, a character, and a setting. Like, 
I haven't found some. I would love to read something okay, that actually lacked that aspect. Let's just rewind here. Okay. Because again, plot, character, and setting are all components of the story. In yes. which case, story itself... But literature doesn't need a story. Literature can be storyless. Then you're going back to proving my point there. It can still be... You remove the story, just as in music, you could remove the rhythm, or you could remove the, uh... Or you could remove the melody, or you could remove the tonal qualities. I mean, considering all the subgenres, either two of them or one, you probably you at least have to have one component. And I mean, look at and this. I think that's the same exact thing here. You could remove the, you could remove the. Uh, at that point, characters. At or, that point, if literature doesn't have a story, it's no longer art. That's not true. That's Incorrect. Very and I will true. prove you wrong right now. Literature has dozens and dozens, and I'm not even an avid reader. Dozens and dozens of subgenres, different things. Let me finish. When discussing literature, the term literature or books in general, first of all, you're going to say that the beautiful construction and the visuals in a, a travelogue or a cookbook, are those considered not literature? They're considered something else? This is going back to the function argument then. It has to fulfill said function. They do it artistically. In that case, literature is but it's pure functional first, artistic second. And isn't, isn't that uh, comparable to the tone of the vaguely tonal music that doesn't have much organization to it? Or function. Uh, well, but not the function. Art. The function of a cookbook is you just said, obviously, it's the oh, function yeah. of a cookbook. We're right. going to argue that. But the function of that music may, is probably for music therapy, as you said earlier. As opposed to being musical. In which case, music, as we understand it as an art form, is kind of uh, tethered to being patterned, to being organized. Below that, you're dealing with functional music that's more organized sound, or sound that even has disorganized, it's still functional. And but just... The point is when it becomes when it becomes music that point is is organization and also bringing it back around we were talking about how music visual mediums rely on music to get it to its next level music takes so much from story it does in some of its versions some songs are storytelling songs and without those stories well, couldn't exist the As specific songs but music can exist without Stories, And we just said literature can exist without stories as well. But then it becomes a functional thing. And same with some of those songs. Well, then we're going to... Uh, then Okay, because we're getting really circular again. And we're just going to keep getting circular. Let's wrap it up. And I want to I say something. Alright. The conclusion here, whether we actually agree with it or not, seems to be that the three highest forms of art, which... I, it's safe to say the static art, music, and literature are essentially equal. They're fairly versatile. The, because the thing is, when you're talking about what borrows from something, it's all a chicken and the egg situation. Oh, yeah. If there were more chickens and more eggs. and, and <laughs> I mean, it's... I don't think... I mean, I, I do think that we can accept a certain work no matter what art form it's done in, I, I do think we can accept it purely in its, um, in its, in, in the 
the for the manner in which it was originally done in. But that doesn't mean that perception wise, we don't we don't try to bring other things into account. Right. When we look at a visual work, we we do try to kind of put ourselves in that position. We try to put ourselves in the setting or whatever is being painted. Or we try to if we're looking at something that's really abstract, it doesn't appear to have any setting at all, we're trying to make a story around it, or we're trying to gauge an idea from it. There's or see the, the view of what yeah. it's supposed to represent. And, and at some point, it's probably the reverse synesthesia. Well, just, it's just synesthesia at that point. Mixing senses, you may in fact hear something as well. I think that th this wrap-up can safely say, though, that those three main nails are hit with the same hammer. Yeah. And I will say that I don't find any other because um, I, they, I, I, they're super genres that's what they really are those three things static art is a super genre because there's performance art that could be considered static art architecture course. is a static art it doesn't change food to some extent is both static and temporal because it's created over time yet literature is the catch-all phrase for poetry which you can point out certain aspects of poetry that make it lesser while you can point out cer certain aspects that make it greater i mean literature is the big one music well i really consider music to be the foundation of all television movie experiences that's just my personal opinion and i think it's a fairly decent argument. i think i think it's safer to say that that music i mean uh, movies and tv specifically movies and tv specifically in a modern age aren't as versatile without music the music helps make them even more versatile and it leads into that remix culture and the mixing of genres and just mixing in general and i hate to play devil's advocate here at the wrap-up but I, I i'm not even entirely convinced of that the 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 modern film even so, even while Hollywood seems it that, sees it that way, of course, the modern fil IFC films, for instance, or any independent film, just because they don't get the same ratings that the big blockbusters do, does not devalue them. No, but and I, I know a lot of them do not use music. And Some a of lot them, of them do. And but, a lot, most of them do. But it does not devalue the ones that don't. Actually, yeah. I'll point to a specific film that people listening do not watch, which would have been enhanced by music, this this film. It would have. Which? Rubber. There was music in Rubber, you're wrong. No, there was tonal music. Oh, but right. the... I'm, not even, I'm not even indulging this conversation. The reasons why you shouldn't watch Rubber are not because it lacks music, all right? <laughs> like, I just had to bring up that independent yeah, film. All right, fine. But trust me, there's plenty of other films out there where the lack of music during an emotional scene uh, is, is stunning. It, it's the silence of... of pure unadulterated reality but, staring you in the face because most of us go through our lives without having a soundtrack going through our heads i mean if you happen to keep your headphones on constantly well sure that's fine that's you john i have an but, internal soundtrack but the thing is that's just but, not the but way those it is. but those movies are they completely devoid of music the entire movie or just in specific scenes many of them are devoid the entire way through i've seen stuff like that I, it's refreshing it sometimes. Honestly, as the, much as they love the doing a music them, podcast here, just, we're talking about music no, no, on end. No, but no, sometimes no, the lack of it, silence is is. is I would the say key. that I haven't seen a, a, one of those indie films that I thought would probably be better as a book. There, that's what I I think most of them are because honestly, without the actual auditory stimuli, it suffers as a movie. 
I disagree. I th- that that may be a pure taste thing, but I, I think that I think that the point that John was trying to make more before so you rudely interrupted me. Thank you very he much. He didn't Stephen. rudely interrupt you. Hey, well, Shove just, it. That least... was a point that had to be made, and uh, before we were going to just start accepting music as an integral part of <laughs> no, modern. No, 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 but that's not what I'm I had saying. To say, oh, I misphrased it. Saying. I misphrased it. I'm saying that <laughs> literature, music, and 2D static art and 3D static art are just still more versatile than TV and movies. I'm not saying that TV and movies aren't versatile at all, because of course they are. I'm saying that those three powerhouses are more versatile. Are more than other art. Than the other performance. Because a lot of those, not all of them, but a lot of them use other things or have more variables. They have I just don't think that they're on the same... Or they versatility were... as those three. They're they're the core components. They're I'll accept that much. Okay. I mean I think that's at heart what we're saying is that literature, music, and visual two D static and I have... compose those other temporal arts. This is arts. why film buffs really have a have a blast just going on and on and on about. Uh, well, the thing is, it's there's more to look at because you have to take into account. You know, the quality of the visuals, the quality of the music, yeah. where it fits uh, with the dialogue. I mean, they, they're just such complex productions. This is why often one person can never be credited for uh, for their work on a film. Like, you could praise the director from dusk till dawn. Trust me, it's not just him. Of course. And I think that lends more to than may- does. maybe this discussion may- gives us a tier. The three main forms of art are simply the ones that are most versatile. Uh, literature, static 2D visual art. Uh, so literature, static art, static art, literature, and music are the powerhouses, the top of the tree. And then everything else, the other forms of art, come from those three in one shape or form. That's yes. why they're the most versatile. Not because they're better or different. Or they're the branches. They're the tree that the branches come from. <coughs> Excuse me. I think what that's see, the best wrap up. What we wrap see, up. what we hear, and, and, what, the, and the human experience. Yes. I think the, that's really... That's actually the best way to describe it. Yeah. The, the seeing, hearing, and imagination. Yep. The crux between the two. I, and interactions, of course. Yes. That's, that's and I half think that, of what life is. And I think that's a great... Well, no, that's the whole thing. These forms are actually devoid of interaction. In their purest, most... No, they can be very personal. That's yeah. well, personal no, I, interaction. I was, I was talking no physi- about. Physical. I was talking about story. Okay, particularly. Yeah. Well, there's no physical interaction. That's the whole thing. There's no physical ha- action in a book. Interaction. You turn the page. That's the physical interaction. I mean, a character, uh, dis- uh, com- interacting with another character. Oh, okay, okay. That's how I meant it. Well, there's no physical interaction with music besides the vibrations on your eardrums. There's no visual action interaction with. A painting except the light hitting your eyes. Right, and that's not how I meant it. Okay. Because you talk about the emotional interaction. I was on story at that moment. Okay. Just just for clear. So <laughs> so in in closing, I think it's safe to say that again, we My, have these three main that make the rest, and that's why and we'll eventually get into this kind of overlap and these merging of arts. It comes from those three main things. And that that's why some of the best works are those merges in specific cases because they utilize the merging so well. And it's also why a lot of things fail, I think. Also, is, is for the same reason. Because it starts to focus more on, on uh, 
on the cohesion or this future of art and and starts to neglect those choral components sometimes yeah. it just takes it for granted like ah it's a soundtrack you know who's gonna care about a soundtrack right right uh, it matters yeah that's why sometimes it's the the i guess we'll say the pure arts can we call them the pure arts mm-hmm. is that appropriate in this case or the legacy arts as in what, what came uh, before? Are we, are we that pompous? We're going to be pure Socratic here? No. no. These are the pure arts. The and specific from here I don't on, like, the I, high arts? We shall refer I don't, to these. I don't want to use any of those terms. I just want okay, to say... Okay, I, I want to stop repeating, though. The music, base, literature... The, ba- and, the most basic forms of the art. The basic arts. The basic arts are story or literature, The elemental music, arts. And static, yes. Static okay. And the elemental. The you stat- can say it the, without sounding pompous. The, the basic arts. The basic arts. You know, I, are think, the I ones... think they're actually called the liberal arts. Shh. <laughs> the basic arts are the ones that actually have endured the longest. Well, until we evolve a new sense. If Who knows? You, if we become telepathic, you know, a, a few million years down the road, we, we might have a, uh, new form a sixth of art. sense art. Maybe. Well, there is actually a sixth sense. It's the sense of balance that everybody does have. <sighs> anyway. People, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not even touching that. I'm kinda, just moving it's on. It's kind of proven. According to this one article that I read. <laughs> no, it's also been almost proven that people can always know when they're being looked at. I have seen this this study. Yeah, there's I probably more than five I senses. I don't buy it a hundred percent. And if you look at those results, well, the five senses are concrete. The six, the six, yeah, seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten, yeah. whatever. If you look at those they results, they, they could yet. be fudged. Yeah. It could be coincidence. So, on it's, that it's note, Heisenberg style and principle right there. Moving along, that's vain. No, uh, we well then I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this, Steve, this is temporal art gone wrong right yes, now. Yes, this podcast is an example of temporal art gone wrong. Um, mo- moving forward, Steve, do you have a spam email for us? I'm still laughing. I yeah, I know. The look on your face. Good, I'm glad to amuse you. Our spam mail. Water is the most important and the heaviest part of the pack. How much water you should carry depends on how much water is available where you're hiking. In the desert, you'll want to take more water than you think you'll need. But if you're hiking near mountain streams, you can get by with carrying very little extra water. Regardless of how much water you choose to carry, you should often depends on how much water you'll reach during the day. But generally, each container should be at least 24 ounces. When you reach, when you reach fresh water, drink all of the water you have with you and refill both containers. Continue to hike as your water filtration system works. When the water is ready, stop and drink again. Always drink all of the filtered water that you have left when you reach your next stop. This method should keep you well hydrated throughout your hike. And Oakley polarized titanium crosshair sunglasses. Hi, Oakley's. I just, I don't understand why spam bots post about things that have nothing to do with where they're being posted. What's worse, that is actually bad advice. Yeah, also. You shouldn't chug all your water when you find a new water sauce. That's... Asinine. <laughs> no, you get oversaturation and you actually Lost. lose nutrients fairly quickly, which is going to hurt your ability to hide. They always say sips throughout the day. So yes. in closing, chug. don't listen to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Folkly, in, in that's case, wrong. Yeah, don't listen to a sunglasses company about how your hydration system works. And, and also something I want to do before we get to next week's album, which is Steve's Choice. On air, 
I want to thank both of you for doing this podcast with me for a year. Oh. You're welcome. On multiple layers. I think that that this podcast has become a firm and sturdy function in all of our lives, and we look forward to doing it every week, and I enjoy that. Well... And I will continue to do it until that goes away. You're the... I concur. You're, you're the drive... Matt, you, you are the drive here because you're, you're the one who loves it. You're the marketer and you found all of our guests and, and given us any semblance of credibility. And and Steve, Steve's the brains. Steve is the one... I know music. <laughs> no, he's the one that we always look to when we need definitions, when we need to try to understand this on a more technical level. Yeah. I can't do it. Matt can't do it. But we've learned from Steve, so now we can do it. <laughs> In some instances. And I am i don't know what I am. You're the bibliophile. You you tackle these things in terms of story. Yeah, you find function. I guess I that's, I, that's perfect. You yeah, do you find, find function. function. I I'm more about aesthetic, and you're more about function. I think I look more towards the art of things. Mm, it just hasn't seemed to be the case. You're you're mostly actually no, you're right. I guess functional. you're right. I'll point out. I am a pentameter and how it relates yeah. to mathematics. There you it's, go. it's ironic that I tend to use technicality uh, to explain to the art, explain the abstract, and I use emotions to explain the technical physics. The physics. Very interesting. Learn something new every so, week. Uh, well, I am smart. <laughs> I know I keep saying that, <laughs> and everybody looks at me funny and laughs, and then walks away. So, Steve, why and don't then you, I bust out the metaphor? Why don't you tell us what we're tackling next week? All right, next week, our first prog album. Which I am so excited for. Is it pure prog? Nah. What is it? Well, this is the thing. This uh, this is one of those things that kind of crosses over. And I, I personally might call it a new animal. Oh, great. <laughs> but it borrows from prog, borrows a little from metal. I'm like angry with you now. I know. Oh, great. So I'm now telling you, keep your, keep your ears open because this one is... Uh, this one's, ah, ah. well, I won't say anything yet. We'll, we'll do it next week. So the important part is, what is it and by who? Godsticks is the band. That's one word, Godsticks. They're from England. Um, I don't know much about their history, except that they've had a couple of albums previously, and this seems to be well, their you'll their find out more about that and this bring it next week. This album is the Envisage, the Envisage the Conundrum. The Envisage Conundrum. Yes. Okay. What? We say visage a lot. We usually don't say envisage, but yes, the envisage conundrum by God envisage, envisage is bringing something to fruition, or in your in your mind. Well, that should Visually. be interesting, if nothing else. Yes. Um, My nose is already bleeding. In, in, clo- in closing, I want to thank that, also the fan. Yes, you. <coughs> however many of you who listen, Mike. <laughs> we we appreciate you guys listening. <laughs> We appreciate you guys checking out the website, and we'd be nothing and not doing it, you know, if there wasn't some kind of reception on the other end. Eh, uh, we might. Keep checking out our Facebook page, the website, you know, email us questions, comments, especially all on this lengthy topic. If there's anything you want to throw out at us to bring up next week, please do. Um, thank you. I love doing this every week, and I continue to. And in closing... And as always... Music, music is life! life. And life is good.